This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for answered prayer. Yes, Lord. Because we know that when we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And we know that it is your will that we be holy. For you have said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Therefore, we have asked of you your Holy Spirit manifestation in us as the spirit of holiness and as a spirit of power and as a spirit of humility that we may walk humbly before you all the days of our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this morning is a Resurrection Sunday, and uh, in Hebrews 10, 38, and Habakkuk, I think, 2, 4, we are told that if anybody who will be just or anybody is just, it is not a miracle, but it's because they lived by faith. Amen. You see, God is gracious and very kind in all his ways. He deals with us knowing our frame. He loves us not because we do things worthy of love, but he loves us because he knows us. We are the work of his hands. So whatever he would, whatever he knows that we need to walk with him on this earth, he makes abundant provision for it. The provisions of God for our lives are not sparring. In other words, they are not scarce. They are not a little here, a little there. But they are always, with God, everything is abundant. That's one of the things you need to know. Now, I'm learning as I read the word of God and as I think on it each day of my life that God will never ask you to do something that he knows you cannot do. Number one, he will never ask you to do something that he knows you cannot do. And neither would he ask you to do something that he has not provided for. So, The just shall live by faith. In other words, if we are to be just before him, which is actually imputed on us through our faith in Christ, then it is this faith that we have to live by. We have to live by faith. And faith is not like an earring or a wristwatch or a wristband that we buy to wear. But it is trusting God, depending on him to lead us and to make our lives what he has set it to be. Our conflict with God is he has an agenda for our lives and we have an agenda for our lives. That's the conflict. 
Now, that is the conflict. And that has always been the conflict. So the Bible tells us, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He said, now the just shall live by faith. And this is a quotation from Habakkuk 2.4. Is it 2.4 or 2.40? I think 2.4. Habakkuk 2.4. It's a quotation from Habakkuk. It's, a, it's in the Bible. It's not a Sabbath. You can say, where is Habakkuk? It's in the Bible. Some of you, your Bible is very new, even if you have one. But listen, ask the person sitting by you, how can you why do you want to be a Christian without a Bible? Now, as a person, why do you want to be a Christian without a Bible? Why? Tell the person, this is a loving advice to you. Please get a Bible. Tell the person, please get a Bible. <laughs> Good. Habakkuk 2.4. This is where Hebrews 10.38 was quoted from. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. His soul, which is lifted, and his soul that is proud, is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. Do you want to write it in our English? Let's see what it says. Is it there? Look at the proud. <laughs> Is it NLT? Ah, I thought you were bringing it. He didn't like, you didn't like, what, they say you didn't like what it was saying. So you are trying to not to bring it out. It's disappearing again. <laughs> look at the proud they trust in themselves father help me never to trust in myself and their lives are crooked ooh and have you ever done something that you believe you are doing the nice thing and then when you finish and you stood back, you say, oh, but why did I do this? How can I do this? But there are many things about our lives. That's how it is. So a lot of the things of your life, when you go past it and you look at it, especially if they were done without God in it, you will not like it. For some people, their whole lives, as they have lived without God directing them, they will not like their life. 
When, you see, sometimes you think it's nice until it is finished. Then when you sit there and say, ah, is this what I cooked? Is it what I did? What is true? Really? <laughs> How can I? You can't because it was minus God. He said, look at the proud. <laughs> I think just leave the two there for us. It's fine. I see you are trying to give us one, but you give us the two. We like it. Just, just give us the two. We'll sort it out later. Good. He says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves. May you never trust in yourself. May your trust never be in yourself. And do you know how it will show that your trust is not in yourself? When you set out to do something and then somebody advises you with the word of God and you decide to give up what you set out to do and rather to do according to what the word of God advises, it's a proof that you don't trust in yourself. Oh yeah. He said, but the, the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Their, the righteous' faithfulness to God is, I trust in you. I depend on you. And they are faithful to it. You see, some of us say things that we change. But you see, the righteous person says that I am what I am by your grace. And therefore, by your grace alone, I will live my life. So they are faithful. They are loyal to what they said. That you are my God. And that is what David said in one of the Psalms that this God is our God. And he will be our God even unto death. Some of us, we change our God depending on the temperature, depending on the weather. We have gods like underwears. Depending on what we are going to do, then we put on some particular ones. I feel like giving an example, but... Touch it. Touch that example. But I'm preaching, I'm preaching. The ladies are laughing, so I won't give the example. But they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen, let's stay in church. Let's, let's, let's leave the ladies alone and let's preach the word of God. You know, because I don't preach with notes, I can, I easily tend to Go, go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So now, but I'm, I'm forcing myself to stay in the middle lane. Okay, so listen, the, the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. So it's, they, don't, they don't declare that they belong to God in church. And then when they go out of church at their workplace, they make another declaration. No, 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 no. Their faithfulness is, I have declared that I belong to you. Wherever I go and whatever I'm doing, I 
will declare that I belong to you. That they shall live by their faithfulness to God. Amen. Amen. Now, so let's, let's go on. This is just a scripture that I just thought I should share with you. And the Bible says that also in Hebrews, I think 6, 12, that is it Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. He says, he that cometh to him must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the question is, if God wants us to please him, because Jesus said, therefore, for this, or therefore does my father love me, because I always do what pleases him. Because I always do what pleases him. So if God knows that the only way we can please him is by faith. And he, he expects us to please him. Then he has to do things that would make us have faith. I don't know if you understand what I'm yes, saying. Yes, he has to do things yes. that will make us have faith. That's right. That's right. You see, he created the human body to be sustained by oxygen and a few other gases exchanged, but mainly oxygen. And he created the oxygen in a way such that no human being can monopolize it. Even Satan can monopolize it. It's a wonderful thing, eh? That people will mobilize, I mean, monopolize oil, gold, this. But because we are not created to live by them, it is our own way that has made us dependent on what we were not made to depend on. Oh, yes. The things that are monopolized by other people, other nations and places, we are not created to depend on them. But what we are created that we depend on, that one, he put it in no man's power. Yeah. He put it in no man's power. Hallelujah. Good. So in the same way, if the just shall live by faith, then there must be things that makes us have faith or that should make us have faith. Amen. And it's all around us, but most of the time we don't know because we don't analyze it. And I'm here to tell you this Resurrection Sunday that the resurrection of Jesus Christ after his death and his ascension to heaven is a faith-given event. It's a faith-given event event I said the resurrection is a faith giving event yes when when is our faith when is our faith tested when everything is going normal huh? when is your faith tested 
when everything you want, you are getting it? Your faith is tested when you find yourself in a situation that is contrary to your expectation, one. And number two, when your resources don't seem to be able to match up that situation. And you see, as we follow the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it gives us evidence over and above. I said, it gives us evidence over and above what we need or what we would ever need. Yes. I said, it gives us evidence. If you analyze the work, the power, the faithfulness involved in bringing Jesus back to life, evidence witnessed by many people with evidence. It tells us that if it is this same God that we have, we can trust him. Why am I saying so? Because the test of Jesus was the ultimate test. In fact, in Hebrews, I think 11 or so, I'm not sure whether 11 or so, it says that, for you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. Please look for that verse for me. It has to be around 11. 12, 4. 12, 4, looking unto Jesus. Okay, I thought it was before. Wherefore, looking unto Jesus. 12, 4. Hebrews 12, 4. It says, you have not resisted to the point where Jesus got to. In other words, you see, if Jesus is the upper limit, all our tests and temptations that would demand us to have faith in God will always be below. So the, you see, because Jesus faced the ultimate test, the ultimate test of going to the cross, dying, and having the need to overcome the power of death. And God proved himself reliable. God proved himself dependable. God proved himself trustworthy. So as we celebrate the resurrection, remember 
that in the resurrection is a demonstration of the highest level of faithfulness of God, highest level of the power of God. Because it's almost like that is the the death is the is the is the topmost asthma of Satan. In terms of the in the weapon of Satan, in the weapons of Satan, death is his trump card. It's like death is his nuclear weapon. And this death, God overcame it. Evidence to us in the resurrection of our Savior. What it means is that as you follow him, there are going to be situations in your life where to obey God's word and do what is right, things would crumple in a way that you wonder that can there be a resurrection? Do you know that? Do you know that many of us, especially that are serious Christians, because not many of us are serious Christians, but I see you becoming a serious Christian in Jesus' name. But many people that are serious Christians, the temptation that they get into is the temptation of do I obey the word of God or do I dance around it? Wow. Yes, yes. The, the magnitude or the weight of the temptation depends on the promising outcome if you obey the word of God. Mm. Let me explain it. This, this, is, this, is, this is the message. This is the portion of the message. Listen carefully. You see, to obey God's word or not to obey God's word is determined by the consequences if we were to obey. Who understands what I'm saying? Now, you see, the word of God tells me to tell the truth. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow up into him who is the head of all things. Now, what is it that will make me be tempted not to tell the truth? The trouble that can come, the anticipated, listen carefully, the anticipated trouble, the expecting or the trouble you are expecting to come if you were to tell the truth is what would determine whether you tell the truth or not. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, so the, 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 tempta- the real strength, the real strength of the temptation To disobey is what can follow if I disobey. Any real 
assurance that what will follow will not hurt you, you will not disobey. That is why it says that ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Because sin, basic, basically, sin is disobedience. So what the scripture is telling us, it says, after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. In other words, the struggle against sin has not even reached a place where your life your existence is in question. That's right. And I'm saying to you that the resurrection is a proof that you can trust God and you can depend on Him, even though it may look like everything is will come apart if you were to do what his word expects you to do. This, this is all that I'm saying today. That there are going to be many, you see, there are going to be situations in your life. Where what will stare you in the face? What will look at you in the face? Is calamity. Is coming to nothingness if you were to obey God's word. But the resurrection tells you that he has what it takes to bring back again and in a better form and in a better form whatever was crushed. So the resurrection is a faith. I said it's a faith building event. That this is a God you can trust. Amen. This is a God you can depend on. No matter what the consequence. I said this is a God you can trust. Many of us trust God if we can see the obvious consequence of trusting God is good. But the real test and the real challenge, the real test and the real challenge is when trusting God means all that you have dreamed of, all that you have wished for, all that you have desired will be looking to be gone. But I'm here this morning to tell you that you can trust him. Amen. I said you can trust him. Amen. If he would not, he did not fail Jesus. He would not fail you. Amen. If he did not fail Jesus, he would not fail you. Amen. He will put you together again. I said he will put you together again. Because he has the power. I said he has the power to put together that which is lost that which is broken I want to give you an example in the Bible then I'll be closing because I've spoken but so far I've not given you a Bible example isn't it and I mean what I said is true 
but just to have a verse or verses or passage to explain the sermon, to say this is what he said. Let us turn our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 38. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me. Help me. Jesus' name. Jeremiah 38. You know, the problem that Jeremiah had was a problem that he was telling the people what was against their wish. Though he told them the truth. And they didn't like it. They didn't like it. You know, many times I've looked at people in the face and given them advice. And I knew that they would not obey. Because what I told them is not what they expected. Listen, if I tell you to do what you want to do, why would you disobey? Think about it. I tell you to do what you want to do. Why would you disobey? Why would you not do it? But you see, in Jeremiah chapter 38, Jeremiah was arrested by the people because this prophet is not really prophesying the messages we want. So they planned to just kill him and they threw him in a dungeon. But there was an Ethiopian who was serving in the house of Zedekiah the king and went to tell the king that this is what they have done to Jeremiah and they have not given him food to eat and he would die there. So he was asked to organize him out. Verse 10, then the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, take from hence 30 men with thee and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. Verse 12. And Ebed-Melech, Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, put now on this old cast, whatever it is, and then he brought him out. Then, verse 14, then King Zedekiah, sorry, then Zedekiah the king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. In other words, he was brought to a, a place in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I would ask thee a thing. Hide nothing from me. Let's read together. So you understand the story? Do you understand the story? Do you understand the story there? Do you understand it? 
It's a story of a prophet that God raised up to address the wrong ways of the Israelites. Particularly the, the tribe of Judah. Do you get it? Because they were, of course, they were, they have, their lives was totally contrary to what God had in mind for them. And they, God has been trying. So this time around, he, he had a plan to get them into captivity for 70 years. You know, captivity, when it's short, it can change some things, but it doesn't change a lot of things. But after 70 years, God knows how to use the bad situation to make you get wisdom. So, what happened was that they didn't like the prophet Jeremiah and they tried to eliminate him. But somebody in the king's house, who is a servant, went and told the king that this is what your people are doing and they want to kill the prophet in our midst. So, the king sent and brought him out of the place they wanted to kill him. And now the king started talking to him directly. And this is what I want you to see. Then Zedekiah king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I will ask thee a thing Hide nothing from me. In other words, tell me the truth. Next verse. Then Jeremiah said unto Zedekiah, remember Zedekiah is the king, if I declare it unto thee, would thou not surely put me to death? And if I give thee counsel, will thou not hearken unto me? In other words, if I tell you what I need to tell you, which you have asked me, are you sure you are not going to kill me? Because what I need to tell you, I've been telling it, and it has, it has brought me difficulties. Do you remember Jeremiah didn't want to go when God told him he was sending him? Because he grew up there and he knew the people, that these people, they are totties. They don't listen to any advice. So, so he said, if I tell you, so the king, so Zedekiah the king swore secretly unto you, saying, as the Lord liveth, that made us this soul. In other words, as the Lord who has created us, I will not put thee to death, neither will I give thee into the hand of these men that seek their life. In other words, I will not kill you. I'm making a promise. I will not kill you, and I will not arrange for you to be killed. Let's move on. Please, let's go quickly because I need to finish. Then said Jeremiah unto the Zechariah, that said the Lord, the God of, the God of Israel, if thou would assuredly go in unto the king of Babylon's princes, then thy soul shall live 
and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live in thy house. But if thou will not go forth to the king of Babylon princes, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand. And Zedekiah the king said unto Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews that are falling to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand and they mock me. Let's read on. But Jeremiah said, They shall not deliver thee. Obey, 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 I beseech thee. The voice of the Lord which I speak unto thee, unto thee. so it shall be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. But if thou refuse to go, this is the word of the Lord that has showed me. Are we still continuing the same verse? The same verses. And then behold, all the women that are left in the king's house, their friends have prevailed against thee. Go on. So you see, he was being told the consequences of disobedience. But you see, when you read on, he didn't go. He didn't, he didn't listen to the advice. Now, my point is, my point is, which actually came earlier, that the difficulty of listening to the advice is what would play out if he listened to the advice. He said, look, if, I, if, you, if you tell me to, what you are telling me to do, I'm going to be laughed at. The, the people that have captured me will give me to my own people to ridicule me. And you see, because of, you could imagine, if I do this, this is what is going to happen. If I do this, this is what is going to happen. So I don't think I want to do it. But you see, most of the time, we don't hear the real advice that when you do this, it will be well with you. Why would you not trust that it will be well with you? Because you don't trust God. There are things in the Bible that we are advised against. Which things most of us don't believe and, and actually go into them and walk in them. Meanwhile, God has given us so many promises that if you do this, you shall end well. If you, like, like he says, if you humble yourself, he shall exalt you. But most of the time, the things that would demand you to humble yourself, they also speak to you negative things. Why should I go and say sorry when he's the one who is wrong? He will think I'm weak. He thought I was staying in the Bible. I'm coming here. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> From Jeremiah to us. From Zedekiah to us. Right. A, you see, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. That which has been is that which shall be. The problems of the people in the Bible is our problems. 
they will laugh at me. Please take me back to the verse where he said they will laugh at me and write it in our English. Are you not concerned about your life? It's what people will say that is governing you. Some of you with the wisdom of the word of God that you have received, you need to take actions to dismantle everything that you have done wrong in the past. But people refuse because of what people would think and what people would say. There are many times I tell people, from the message you have heard, sell everything, give back everything and have nothing. You are better off than holding on to it till you sink. Most people don't listen to that advice because they can't imagine the laughter, the ridicule, the giggling, the whisperings that they will have to endure. So they will rather hold on to it and sink rather than to let go and live. You see, that is a, that, you see that the real test, the real test of obedience is what will happen if I do the things you are saying I should do. It's going to open me up to so many things. That is why it is only the humble that is exalted because it takes humility. Humility says, I am nothing. I have nothing and I will be nothing. That's right. You, you get hurt. And you feel that why should I be the one to apologize? Hmm. A wife called me recently and narrated an issue to me. Then I laughed. Because the husband was obviously wrong. How can you refuse to transport your wife because when he used your car, he didn't put pet- she didn't put petrol in it? <laughs> I-, I-, I said, it's madness. As a husband, anyway, my culture, my culture, my upbringing, my wife can earn a hundred million and I can earn a hundred thousand. I'm responsible for her. That That is what it means to be a husband. I said, that is what it means to be a husband in my culture. And in the Bible too. And in the Bible too. Because a man that does not provide for his household is more than an infidel. It is my responsibility. Any help that I get from my wife is a help. But it's not her obligation. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. That's right. Yeah. And I know that women, you are happy. You are happy, isn't it? 
you, I, I, won't, I won't deviate. I won't mind you. I'll just, I'll just stay in the middle. I won't mind you. But, but I've, I've taken note. I've taken note. I've recorded it somewhere. The day I'll get you. Or the day it will be your turn. You wait. I, I refuse to say anything about your laughter. You let me stay where I am. Listen. So I told the wife that. As I narrated, and the thing was leading from one event to the other. And it was going to be nasty. So I told the wife that, listen. You know what he wants. He wants you to say, I'm sorry. Just say it. The wife said to me, so Bishop, are you saying... If I'm, so, so if I'm right, I should say sorry to him. I said, I am telling you, you are right, but say sorry. to end the, Because you see, what you want is the relationship to be restored. That is what you want. It's not a question of who is right or who is wrong. And you know what you will say or what you will do to end the fight. End the fight. Say sorry and end the fight. <laughs> but you see, pride... Pride does not take it kindly on its, itself when it has to say sorry, when it is not wrong. Even when pride is wrong, it still tries to justify why it is wrong and therefore does not have to say sorry. How much more when pride knows that it is right? And even you, Bishop, has said that I am right. Do you get it? Yeah. But you see, the instructions of God, the guidance of God, if you have pride, you can obey it. And you see, a man of faith is a man who has done away with pride. A man of faith is, I am nothing. God is everything. Yes, yes. So if I'm nothing and God is giving me an instruction that is going to make me nothing, what is the big deal? I'm already nothing. It is when I'm something that I think the instruction is going to make me nothing. But when I am nothing, every instruction makes me what I am, nothing. So there's no fight to disobey it. I can trust God. I hope you are hearing me. So this king, but I'm afraid to surrender. I am afraid to surrender. Why? Because what will follow? Even though you said, it shall be well with me, what I see face to face it's not wellness. It's laughter. You see, the Babylonians may hand me over to the Judeans who have defected to them and who knows what they will do to me. Ah, this one is not, our Bible is not saying that. They say, lest they deliver me into their hands and they mock me. They mock me. They mock me. Father, May we have faith in you and therefore do every instruction you give us. May we never 
allow the immediate picture to resist us but may we look to Jesus who never having seen resurrection of himself still trusted you because he knows you are reliable you are dependable let's rise to our feet thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus the resurrection tells us God can be trusted I said the resurrection tells us God can be trusted and I've showed you the strength of the enemy in your trust of God the strength of the enemy is a presentation of the immediate picture that may happen if you were to obey God a picture that all of us would not like but I wanted to know even if that picture were to happen God has the power to recover you I said God has the power to recover you God has the power to restore you God has the power to lift you higher than where you were before because you trusted him and obeyed his word he has by obeying God you put the onus the responsibility on him to prove himself that he's God and he's God and will always be God nothing is beyond him from beginning to the end he's God he would always be God nothing is above him therefore he's a God you can trust He's a God I can trust. He's a God I can depend on. Lift up your voice and begin to speak. Thank you, Holy Spirit. that you are a God we can trust and depend on yes you never fail anyone that trusts you yes you never fail anyone that relies on you yes 
Even when we are unreliable, you always are reliable. Father, for this we give you praise. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. By it, we receive faith to trust in you. Yes. To depend on you. And to obey your word. Yes. No matter the consequence. Yes, Lord. Whatever you say, Lord, we will do. Yes. If you say go, we will go. Go, Lord. If you say step out on the water, we will step out step on the water yes, Lord. because we know that you are able to sustain us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. I want you to commune quietly in your heart with the Lord, surrendering to him totally in obedience. Make a pledge to him that by this morning as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, you have all the evidence you need to trust him absolutely. Tell him that this is what you want to do. And by his spirit, may he always help you. By his spirit, may he always strengthen you and me to trust him. Let us pray. Thank you. Scary, but I trust you. I know you are able to put together everything that may spoil. But I know that it will not even spoil. It will become a revelation for me to see things clearer and nicer. Therefore, I will not fear. I will not allow my pride to stand in the way. I do away with every form of pride that exists in me. Lord, and I humble myself to do your will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that we are obedient children of you. Even in the darkest of situations, your advice we will heed to Therefore, send forth to us, O Lord, word in our darkest hour. Send forth word, for we would hear and we would do. We will no longer resist you, but we will submit wholly to you. You are God. You alone are God. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, somebody invited you or you came on your own, said, today is Easter, I'd like to go to church. But I want you to know that it is good to attend church, but it's better to be born again where you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you confess him as a son of God who came to die and rose again on the third day. As every head therefore is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. 
lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. Lift it up. Lift up your right hand. I want you to just lift up your right hand and say, Pastor, please don't forget to pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the lifted hands. Thank you for the lifted hands. Yes, I see some people lift their hands up. They say, Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Let us pray. Congregation, let us all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my life. And I thank you for being patient with me. I come to you in this prayer just as I am. My sins are before me. But I still come to you just as I am. I ask for forgiveness of my sins as I repent to submit to you. I submit my whole life to you. I give up my own will as I take on your will. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son whose death and resurrection has brought me eternal life. I confess him as my Lord and as my Savior. By his blood, wash me clean of every sin and create in me a new spirit that will follow you. Thank you, Father, for loving me. For forgiving me for my sins and for making me your child. I pledge to remain your child by submitting to you all the days of my life. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit that he will lead me and I will follow him in this life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, these precious souls, let your hand rest upon them. Keep them, deliver them, and let them stand strong to testify of your goodness. The power that was wrought in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let it work in them, O oh Lord, the mighty power, exceedingly in a way that could have never been imagined. Let them become weapons in your hands. Let them become ornaments in your jewel. Keep them and bless their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.